In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, here's the prophet telling us, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans for good and not for evil. Plans to give you future and a hope. Listen to those points. God has an exact tailor-made plan for every one of you today. Every person from the small to the not so small, to the young to the not so young. He has plans that are good, plans that expose something, the unsearchable riches of God. They're plans to give you future and hope to achieve something, to achieve your future, to accomplish your divine destiny. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for your word. It is a lamp and it is a light and it is unchangeable, the hope that we have. Let it spark in the people's hearts today even greater as we've already experienced. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's men and women said, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've really lost weight. And go ahead and sit down. Would you do it? Come on, speak faith. Man, I, you know, I, Jennifer's away, and I didn't tell the first service this because confession's good for the soul, so I've been, I've been pricked by the Holy Spirit. But Jennifer was away, and so as she left last week, she left last Sunday, and I said, I don't know, next Sunday, you're not going to be here. What am I going to wear? And so she was like, well, let me put out your clothes for next week. So she put out my clothes, and, and I haven't wore these pants since, you know, uh, Christmas of last year. And then I put them on, and I realized I'm carrying holiday weight from Christmas time. I've got to get help. That's why I got to go to the city center more often. But I think about what we can do with the life that we have. But we have to enjoy life. We can't just endure life. We can't just go through life. You got you to enjoy who you are. So when you look into the mirror, do you like what you see? What do you see when you look into the mirror? Do you look in the mirror and see things that you don't like? Because listen, if you do not like you, you're not going to like anybody else. If you don't like who you are and what you're about, there's no way you're going to like anybody else, especially your neighbor. That's why Jesus said, love your neighbor as what? Yourself. Many people do not like their self, so therefore they cannot like their neighbor. Do you like anybody? Do you like your spouse? Don't raise your hands. It's not the altar call time. But understand, do you like anything ever? Are you searching for the true self? Are you searching for answers? Maybe you're searching for, and you're here and you're single, and now you've come to Oasis because you're, you're looking for a good spouse, a Holy Ghost man, a, a spirit-filled woman, and you want to get married so bad. But let me give you the three stages of marriage. You ready for it? Lust, rust, and dust. <laughs> and as a married person, you know exactly what stages of life you are in. But sometimes what we're searching for as we go out and search for this thing and that thing, really what we're searching for because we belong to God is right under our feet. Reminds me of the true story of a man in Africa. Diamond fever was sweeping through Africa. And this man who owned a beautiful farm, he had owned it for generations, him and his family. Diamond fever swept through and so he caught hold of this get rich quick, find a diamond to become wealthy beyond your wildest imagination. So he sold the farm. The farm that his family had owned for generations, he sold it. And he went here and he went there and he, he tried to find this diamond that would make him mega rich beyond his wildest dreams. He traveled so far, so long. He worked harder than he had ever worked owning that farm. And he found himself after several years depressed and discouraged and nothing came to him but poverty. 
desperate and depressed. He returned from the, the farm which he had sold. He went back there. He went back there not to purchase back the farm. He went back there to ask for a job, to be a hired servant. They gave him that job. And after several days as he was hired, he was walking into the field. The field he had walked on for thousands of times before. The shovel over his shoulder. And he looked down and he saw a rock by his foot that was shiny. He picked it up and it was the largest diamond ever recorded in the diamond industry. What he had discovered had been under his feet the entire time. What are you chasing? Ask yourself, who are you chasing? You need to stop it. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You sit down until you figure out where you're going. Why? Because if you're not going anywhere, any road can get you there. The Bible says, I read it in the passage out of the message translation, but the King Jimmy says, be still and know I am God. In other words, wait on me, God says, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. It doesn't say try to trust God. It says trust God. You try broccoli. You try low-fat cottage cheese. It makes you gassy, but you trust in the Lord. And you trust in him because he's a God that never fails. God will direct your steps with everything you are and everything you have. You've got to trust him. The answer is, trust me. Because what you're searching for, gold and pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, you'll never get there because what you're searching for is not possible until you put your trust in the Lord. God will direct your path, but if you're constantly chasing the, the gold at the end of the rainbow, you got to sit down until you find direction for your life. There's two great days, the day you're born and the day you find out what you're born for. And friends, it is not possible to be a follower of Jesus and live without having contagious hope. Jesus is presented in the scriptures as the blessed hope. St. Paul describes Christ as the hope of glory. Hope in the Bible generates something, enthusiasm. It generates excitement. Hope produces joy. Joy that the world cannot give and the world cannot take away. Joy that will give you a song in the jail at Philippi in the midnight hour. Hope produces something, faith. Faith reaching out in the dark, knowing that God is on the way and he will give me the answer. He will not fail me and everything's going to be all right that's the hope we have Romans 5 verse 2 we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God that means in the worst of times I can have hope in the glory of God that's coming his glory means kabak it means heavy it means weighty God says when you have hope in me I'll come through the worst of times with my weight on it and I'll bring worship to that thing Romans 12 verse 12 be joyful in hope there's something for us to have it's called hope do you know the first recorded promise in the word of God was a position and power, but of hope? The promise was hope. The seed of the woman, being Jesus Christ, would crush the head of the serpent. What a message of hope. That means Satan is a defeated foe. Satan is under our feet. Many people are waiting for God to give you the victory, and God's going, I've already won the victory. The victory is now mine, and I give it to you, the keys of death, hell, and the grave. God says, you want the victory? The victory's already been won. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose down on earth will be loosed in heaven. Many of God's Christians walk around wringing their hands going, I wonder when God's going to do something about it. And God says, I've already done something about it. I've already conquered the enemy. I've 
have already destroyed him at Calvary. The best is yet to come. Trust me, I'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Can we put our hands together and thank God for that hope that we have today? There's something for it. Jesus said, upon the rock, I'll build the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Therefore, as a member of the church, the church is not a building. The church is not a denomination. The church is a body of believers, every tribe, every kindred, and every tongue. And the church has overcome the prince of darkness because Satan is defeated and it fills up with hope that's steadfast and sure. Listen to me this morning. The last recorded promise is Jesus in Revelation chapter 22 verse 20 he says I'm coming soon now that's a message of hope for the 21st century called the rapture of the church what a blessed hope we have that soon and very soon that eastern sky shall split the Bible says behold our mystery I'll show you we shall not all sleep in death but we shall be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye for the trump of God shall sound and the voice of the archangels will split the heaven and the dead in Christ will rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Ladies and gentlemen, with great joy and with great faith and with great hope and absolute confidence, I announce to you today, the King is coming. The King is coming. Let me say it like T.D. Jakes. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. The King is coming and he's on his way. Oh, y'all are real quiet in this service. I got to get you back to the first service. Jesus told us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, that faith will be sure of what we hope for. And it gives us certainty of things we don't see. Faith gives us assurance of things that we're hoping for. Take away hope and life, friends, with all of its opportunities now becomes reduced down to mere existence. Without hope, life becomes bleak. Life becomes a drip of one joyless event after another. Without hope, life becomes a burden, a never-ending treadmill of chaos. Without hope, life becomes never-ending pain. People without hope, some of you are sitting in this room and you're sinking into deeper depression and despair. Life becomes meaningless because there's no difference from one joyless day to the next. Some of you in this room, you are weary in your well-doing. I've got a word for you. Hope in God. Has your heart been broken? Hope in God. Has your dearest friend on earth betrayed you? Hope in God. Has your dreams been crushed? Hope in God. Has a disease come to your body? Hope in God. Never will I leave thee nor forsake thee to the ends of the earth. Yet I will praise him, the glory and the lifter of my head. Hope in God. Got to hope in him. Every one of you on this, every one of you here, every one of you listening to me today have been put here on this earth for a purpose. You are created on purpose for a purpose. You have a divine destiny that no one can fulfill but you. I want to say that again. You have a divine destiny that no one on the earth can fulfill except you and accept you and accept every one of you. You have something to do, something to contribute. You're here for a purpose on purpose. You have a destiny that no one else can do. That makes you pretty important stuff. You are unique. There's not one person on the earth like you. Some of you are glad, aren't you? There's nobody like you. 
There's not one person on the earth like you. You are an original. You are blessed and highly favored of God. And the favor of God upon your life is better than gold and silver and diamonds. I want you to know that because you as a believer can accomplish in one hour with God's favor than a lifetime chasing a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. You can accomplish as a believer in one hour with the favor of God than a lifetime of chasing the pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. Do you know 3,000 years have passed? Jennifer talked to us this morning. She was right there in the old city of Jerusalem, and they went to see the city of David, which is they're, they're digging up the archaeology right now of the city of David. That happened Thousands of years ago, when David killed Goliath, over 3,000 years ago, David slung the slingshot and killed Goliath. But what's interesting about that, the world's still talking about it. And it didn't take him 60 years to do it. It didn't take him 60 minutes to do it. So that tells us something. It's not how long we live. It's how strong we live while we're living. While we are living, Joseph went from the pit to the palace in a day. That's important to know because God can turn your situation, something that stinks in a pit, he can turn it around and take it to the palace in a day. Hope in God because the favor of God is with you. And if God says my favor is with you, you can say unto the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the deepest of sea. You are called, friend, with the holy calling. You are anointed by the Holy Spirit. You You are blessed and highly favored of God. You are more than a conqueror through him that loved you and gave his life for you. You are royalty. The blood of heaven flows in your veins. The blood of the lamb is upon you and you and you. And he says, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose down on earth will be loosed in heaven. There's hope for you today. All you need to do is reach out and become everything God's created you to become. But people, what happens, they don't live with this thing of hope and anticipation. They have no hope, and their heart begins to break. Their mind begins to snap, and they stagger through life, blinded by their own tears. Some of you are desperately searching for hope. I have a message for you today, hope in God. There's hope that's brighter than tomorrow. Friends, dreams still come true. They do. There's hope that's guaranteed by the thousands of promises right here in this book. I have hope, but it's not wishful thinking. My hope is live. My hope is real. Our hope is eternal. Our hope is available. Our hope is powerful. Our hope will make you laugh again. It'll make you sing again. It'll give you the Texas stew step or however you want to donkey it up. It will give you what you need when you need it. It'll give you a new song in the night. It'll give you peace and joy that the world cannot give and the world cannot take away because it's hope found only in God. Can I get a witness this morning if you believe it? Now think about this because some of you are going, oh, you know, I like what you're saying, bald man, but that's just kind of optimistic. Hope is not optimism. There's a world of difference. Some of you say, well, Joey, all you're talking about is optimism. People can write all day about optimism. But friends, optimism and hope are two different things. What's the difference? Optimism hopes for the best with a guarantee of nothing. 
That's what optimism is. It hopes for the best, but it doesn't guarantee anything. But hope has an absolute guarantee. Christian hope is faith looking at the promises of God, knowing that God will do absolutely what he says he will do because his word is true. That's as true today as it was true tomorrow. And it will true a thousand years from now if the world tarries and the Lord doesn't come. I don't know for you today where you're at in your hope journey. But I can tell you today, all of you believe that God can do something. We know that because you wouldn't be here today if you didn't believe that God can do something. But I want you to cross that bridge to believe that God can, but God will. And he will do it for you. Let's cross the threshold today, not only believing that God can do it, but believe God will do it, and he will do it for you and your family and your home, just like he's done it for my family and my home. See, many of you know, you know God can do something. You wouldn't be in church if you didn't have some form of belief. Now, I know some of you have that, I've been kidnapped and I've been drugged here look. I get it. But you still are respectful to the one that brought you. You believe God can do something. But I'm telling you today, God will do something. He'll do it for you if you just believe and don't doubt in your heart. I want you to know that it's not just believing God can. It's believing he will and he will do it for me and my family. And there's the difference. There's the difference. Now let's consider this morning the worst enemy you're ever going to face. It's the enemy of death. There is a statistical fact. One out of one die. No one gets out of life alive. We sing that song back in the day when we all get to heaven. The problem is many people want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die to get there. We all want to go. We just don't want to die to get there. But there is a fact. One out of one die. So what is today your hope? What is it? The optimists have a wish, but it kind of doesn't have any warrant to it. They hope for the best, but with no assurance. But Christians have a hope that has certainty. Our hope is guaranteed by performance. What performance is that, Joey? Performance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me shall never die. That means your last breath here will be your first breath there in the paradise of the living God. There's no lingering around in purgatory waiting for you to go up. Once you bat your little fake eyelashes mama once you bash them down and they come back up again whoosh you shall be with the Lord forever and forever and forever that was funny my daughter wants someone like you are not getting fake eyelashes I will get hair before you get fake eyelashes But what's the answer? The answer is the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's so important. Jesus said, because I live, you shall live also. Jesus said to John on the Isle of Patmos, on the book of Revelation, he said, I am he that was dead. But behold, I'm alive forevermore. That ought to put hope in your heart, my friend. I am he that was dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore. And as I live, so shall you live also. What does that mean? That means Christians, believers, they are the only ones that have an intelligent reason to believe that we can say the best is yet to be. We know it's a fact, but why? Of the resurrection. We're we're going to a place, the Bible says, where the roses never fade. We're going to the place where the words goodbye have never been spoken. We're going to a city 
where the lame leap, the deaf hear, and the blind see. We're going to an eternal celebration, a grand coronation. We're going there when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. We'll have no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. We're going to a place where mansions have been created by the architect of the ages. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Where I am, there you may also be. There's places for you. Jesus is not a liar. He's not a man that he should lie. All you need to do is put your hope in him, your trust in him. You shall wear a crown and a robe. You're going to sit down with the redeemed at the river of life and rest a little while with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Your mother will be there. Your father will be there. Your auntie will be there. Your son, your daughter will be there. What a glorious day it shall be when we see the Son of God. Oh, what a blessing that is. In closing, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a guarantee. What God has done, he will do. And he'll do it for us. Do you know what atheists do? Atheists mock Christians. They absolutely mock Christians because they say, your hope, it's delusional. It's pie in the sky. But can I tell you, friends, atheism has never dreamed a dream. Atheism has never lifted a burden, not ever. Atheism has never solved a problem. Atheism has never healed a broken heart. Atheism has never brought joy to a wounded soul. Their intellectual argument for everything is, I doubt that. I doubt that. Oh, God did something in my life. I doubt that. And if they really get educated, they slope their glasses down on their nose. I doubt that. <laughs> Atheists spend all their time fighting in a God they don't even believe he exists. How brain dead is that? 1 Corinthians 1.21, the world in its wisdom did not know God. What does that mean? That means you can know amazing things, but not know the right thing. The Bible says, what would a prophet a man or a woman if he gains the whole world but yet loses his soul? Ask yourself the question, can I wait any longer? Can I, can I wait another day to receive the Lord? Can I wait another day to tell my son, to tell my daughter, to tell my co-worker? Can I wait another day to let my hope be contagious? What should a prophet a man or woman to gain the world to lose their soul? Ask yourself the question, how much longer do I need to take before I realize there's a price to pay for making a right decision? A place called heaven or a horror called hell how much time does it take to make the right decision in a moment and you and I make it each and every day what do you believe and once you believe it are you going to defend it are you going to defend it if you believe it you've got to learn to defend it some of you need to defend your peace you're letting people come in your life and they're destroying your peace. You got to learn to defend your peace. A rebellious Jonah could come to the church, but a rebellious Jonah is not coming to the Stillman household. He can thrash the boat really quick. He can come to the church, he can come to the things of God, but he's not coming in my house. What's the point? I'm defending my peace. Some of you need to hear that today. You've got relationships, you've got, you've got timelines, you've got Snapchat filters. You've got Instagram. Oh, God bless you. You've got all these things. 
but is it profitable? Is it beneficial? Are you posting on a platform that exalts the hope of Christ? You can know amazing things, but not know the right thing. Our hope, it's not in something. It's not in religion. It's not in any of those things. It's not in a man. It's not in a woman, per se. It's in a person named Jesus the rock of ages. It's based on the word of the living God. Our hope is steadfast. Our hope is sure. Friends, our hope is unchangeable. Our hope is unchangeable. Our hope will give you a song in the night. Our hope looks at the coming storm and said, it is well. It is well. Some of you need to get the cojones or whatever the women call it. You need to get your unspa. And when the storms of life come, It is well. It is well. Let the raging winds from the perfect storm rip the sail from the mast. It is well. Let the waves violently pound the hole of the ship, but you're not coming in water. It is well. You can be in the storm, but the storm doesn't have to be in you. It is well. You can say it with great confidence. It is well because of the hope that we have. So let's close with this. Notice I said it earlier, which meant nada. But now it really means something. My whole upbringing was one dramatic trauma after another. One dramatic abuse after another. My conversion to Christianity was birthed through pain. It was birthed through trials. So what do you do about hope when you're suffering? Because, friends, no one escapes suffering. No one escapes suffering. What happens, the first thing we do when we have a time of suffering, we say, what have I done wrong? Am I the only one that does that? Some of you are just liars. Then I say, "What, Jennifer, what have you done wrong? Kids, what have you done? Are you not telling me something? Church, what have you done? Is there an Ichabog in the house? Is there an Acom in the house? What's happening here? Suffering comes to all. It comes to everybody. What have we done wrong? I want you to hear this this morning because I think this will really minister to us. The Bible says something about Job. Job lived, the scriptures say, a perfect life. But no one suffered more than Job. The Bible says of Jesus in Hebrews 5 and 8, though he were a son, speaking of Jesus, he learned obedience by the things, plural, the things which he suffered. So what do you do with this suffering issue of loss, of disappointment, of setback, of the loss of loved ones, the loss of a health issue, the loss of a health issue? A scenario, the loss of a family member, a, di- a divorce, a separation, a, a, a violation. What do you do with the loss of abuse? Now you feel like you've lost your, your edge, your purity. You've lost your ability to function right. What do you do with that? He learned obedience by the things he suffered. You cannot beat yourself up the next time suffering comes when you make a bad decision, when you blow it and try to psychoanalyze everything you've done for the past 40 years. You gotta ask God to forgive you, forgive them, not for their benefit, but for yours, and you have to move on. If God has forgiven, you need to forget it and move on. 
It's easier said than done, I know, but it can be accomplished with Christ's help. Let me just tell you today, those of you that are truly listening, what diseases cannot do, what suffering with diseases, loss of loved ones, let me tell you what cancer cannot do, heart disease cannot do, divorce cannot do, separations cannot do, abuse cannot do, they are limited. They are absolutely limited. Sickness and disease and suffering cannot shatter the hope that we have in God. Sickness and disease cannot conquer our faith. They cannot destroy our peace of God unless we let it. Sickness cannot kill friendships. It cannot silence the memory. Disease cannot silence courage. Sickness cannot sob. It cannot stop the sob, but it can put faith in our heart. Sickness cannot take the smile from our face, and it cannot take the song in our heart or the confidence we have through our hope in Jesus Christ. You gain strength, you gain courage, you gain confidence when you look at those things that are fearful in the face and you say I've come through this horror and with God's help everything is going to be alright. Hallelujah.